Live action role playing games or LARPs involve a type of play that's about social connections, improvisation, and helping other players have fun. But it's also about empathy, expectations, consent, boundaries. Tune in today to hear about the LARP renaissance taking place in the gaming world and to learn the secret to enjoying this very unique kind of play. Welcome to Replay, the show that invites you to join us at the game table. I'm your host, Clara Mount. On Replay, we are building a more inclusive community by creating a space for underrepresented gamers and their allies to share their voice. We'll tell stories about our experiences and provide new perspectives that challenge our community to think a little differently about who we are and what we do. Replay is a Victor Media Group original. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. All right, today's guest is Vivian Grimm, who is a LARPer or a live action role player and a phenomenal cosplayer. By day, she's a museum director, but outside of that, she has a ton of experience playing in, helping to run and organize LARPs, um, and she's even helped with running some conventions, LARP conventions, such as BCon, Intercon, and Make a Scene, which is um, what's called a scenario festival up in Minnesota. And she even has experience with designing and writing her own LARP games to an extent. Um, so we're really excited to have her on the show. Welcome to Replay, Vivian. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> So we're going to get started um, just with a little get to know you game and um, just some rapid fire questions about gaming and you. You ready to get started? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> so my first question, what is the number one reason that people should care about games? Games just in general? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, like playing is is part of being a person. Like if you're not if you're not playing or creating or engaging in in that kind of uh, moment, what are you doing? Like what are you, what are you doing with your time? <laughs> right, like all work, no play, boring mm -hmm. and terrible, et cetera, et cetera. Moving back, I want to know what was your first introduction to gaming? Oh, uh, so my mom is a huge nerd. Um, so she started playing D&D &D, uh, back in the like 70s, 80s when it was first like coming out. Oh, wow. And so when I was like six years old, my mom ran our first D&D &D game for me and my older siblings. Wow. Um, I mean, she'd been running for them longer, but I got to play when I was six. Um, so there are like childhood, like deeply ingrained childhood memories of mine of being like one year I had an ear infection that was crippling. It was a devastating ear infection. <laughs> like I was, I was so sick and my sister had come over, my older, my much older sister uh, to play D&D. &D. We were supposed to that day, but I was so sick. I was like holding a bucket and like crying. She's like Vivian, I don't think we can play today. And I was like, but I won. <laughs> so, so like that's been it's just been a part of my life for uh, for forever. Um, and then like I I hated writing 
as a as a kid and I mm -hmm. got into kind of like online role play stuff from there when I was like 13 or 14 um, which really kind of opened up creative writing to me as an outlet um, oh cool and then kind of just kept running tabletop games for high school friends and stuff until uh, until like college-ish age mm -hmm. and then I got into LARPing what would you say now are your favorite kinds of games and why? Uh, so here's what I rattle off when someone asks me that, like when I'm filling out a, a casting survey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like high emotions. I like uh, uh, moral quandaries. Hmm. Um, I like games uh, that are focused on role play and character development and narrative arcs. Uh, if it is rules heavy, if it is focused on crunch or mechanics, I am not going to enjoy the game, um, which is just a thing I know about myself <laughs> now. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's basically it in a nutshell. So you like games that are very human focused, right? And yes. less rules focused. And do you, so do you mostly play LARPs or does that apply to other kinds of games as well? So I mostly play LARPs. Um, I also still do tabletop games occasionally, um, both running and playing them. Mm -hmm. um, and because it's quarantine and nobody can do anything with their time, uh, <laughs> I'm also playing video games. But those do tend to follow those same things. Like if it's if it's too like rule like if it's, if the play is too hard, I'm gonna t like get bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tap out. Yeah. Um, so like I've been playing like Detroit Become Human or uh, I don't know The Witcher things like that, which are more like story oriented. Yeah. Yeah, with like complex world settings and stuff that you can get into. That makes sense. Um. Could you tell me about a gaming experience that was significant to you and why? Uh, there have been so many. I don't know. How do you pick one out of the air? Um, pick your favorite child. <laughs> no, you can't make me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess, so like one thing that was really like impactful to me as a person and this is one of those self-conscious stories that I was mentioning earlier <laughs> um is the fact that like so I played uh New World Magiscola which is mm -hmm. a game that is a blockbuster game which means there's a high budget there's a high level of costuming there's a high mm -hmm. ticket price um and it was a weekend long game so it started on like Thursday and ran till like Sunday oh wow um yeah, so it was a long game, uh, and it was my first game of that kind. Um, mm. Before that, I'd only ever done like uh, like parlor style games. Yeah, I my my local vampire game. I played <laughs> uh, various you know few hour games at Gen Con stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, New One Magic School was really kind of a different experience for me. Anyway, point is that <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, at New World Magiscola, I played this character named Corinth, who is just really like the perfect, like pure blood. It's like a Harry Potter inspired LARP, right? So wizarding school. Um, mm -hmm. it, just like a perfect, like pure blood scion, right? Like she was 
tightly laced, very strict, very like mm-hmm. ambitious, very going to get exactly what she was going to get. And it was, I was a house president, which was a huge amount of responsibility, uh, mm-hmm. especially considering I'd never played a game like that before. So it was stressful. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was confident and she was very compelling and demanding and uh just sort of had like an energy of like compelling the room when she when she spoke and like she was the best at everything that she did right like this was the kind of character I was playing and while it's one thing to present a character like that it is a very different experience entirely to have all your fellow players just 100% buy into it like people like she would walk into the room and people would be like oh shit it's Corinth like oh my god (laughs) um and like just it was so much fun and like you know she was desirable she was like a good marital match because she had all of this money and power so Mm -hmm. there were people who like vied for her hand in the game and so just kind of getting to be like I am playing a character who is unflinchingly attractive and confident and like Mm. all of these things and have other people be like yes you are in fact the hottest person I've ever seen was (laughs) was really cool like like it was just such a lovely experience and I know that a lot of people played slightly different games and got very different like experiences out of it but just sort of that style of playing to lift of like looking at other people's characters and being like yes you are exactly that thing that you say you are was really rewarding and fun um Mm -hmm. and that was in 2016 so that was what five years ago yeah um and I've been LARPing ever since so (laughs) obviously it, (laughs) it uh it stuck and it left an impression on me um and I've played characters from whom I got very different things out of after that game. Um, But that was really like a a rewarding um, personally experience as somebody who like, you know, struggles with uh, insecurities and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, being being a plus size person who has always been into cosplay and modeling and who didn't pursue acting and who didn't pursue uh, singing and musical theater and stuff because there's not a niche for people who are plus size. Mm. Um, there's definitely been, or like gender non-conforming or things like that, that has felt really liberating to be able to be like, no, I am exactly this and have people be like, yes, you are. Yeah. It's like that unconditional acceptance mm-hmm. and they play along with it. And yeah, I can see that. That sounds really that sounds really amazing. I'm jealous a little. <laughs> you come LARP with me. I should. I got to do it when the world opens again. <laughs> um, what would you say uh, that gaming means to you? Gaming, like, broadly speaking? Yeah. Like, I mean, so obviously you play a lot, right? You said that, you know, <laughs> that play is really important to you. But what mm-hmm. does it really mean to you? I mean, I think I, I joke a lot that all of my hobbies boil down to playing dress up and playing pretend. Uh, like I am a child. Um, I am I am not. Nothing I'm wrong with that. Years old. I'm a grown human. Um, but but I think that that being willing to engage 
in in play in in doing something not because it's going to make you money or not because it you know is something you have to do because of your life but really just like this is a thing i enjoy and therefore i'm going to do it i want to engage with my people i want to uh you know think about this story i want to think about uh you know something beyond the the mundane yeah in and outs of your life um i think is really important and rewarding for people and i think that uh losing track of that is is very sad <laughs> um <laughs> That's beautiful. I like that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, um, I'm just going to wax really, really gay about gaming, I guess. <laughs> That's what you get for asking the question like that. Listen, <laughs> listen, we all know games are emotional and important and we all have different uh, did reasons. You want my answer? <laughs> did you want my answer to be like, oh, game's good. Like two things. <laughs> I, like, I like to play first person shooters and, uh, really like my guns that's that's why I play game. <laughs> could not see that answer from you ever in a million years <laughs> we are going to take a quick break before we come back and then we're gonna talk about the meat of today's episode um, which is really gonna be digging in deep to LARP play so stay tuned everyone Welcome back to Replay. We are here with Vivian Grimm, who is an avid player, organizer, and even sometimes writer of LARP games. So let's get started. Um, Vivian, for those of us who aren't as well versed in LARP, can you give us an overview of what LARPing is or live action role play and the different kinds of LARP play? Sure. Uh, so live action role play is uh, sort of a combination between games that you might anticipate as role-playing games. So like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows about that one. Um, meets kind of like improv theater. That's the laziest way to describe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is the description we tell people who know nothing about LARP. Perfect, um, what I need. <laughs> so uh, fundamentally you are with a group of people and you are playing pretend. Mm -hmm. um, you have some kind of character that you are portraying um, and you are engaging with other people trying to tell a story or explore kind of uh, the world um, to mm -hmm. some degree. Now, how in character, quotation marks, uh, that character is varies a lot from game to game, um, depending on sort of what type of game you're playing so mm -hmm. there are sort of like i would say three-ish major schools of of larping um mm -hmm. and as i said earlier the taxonomy of larps is not something that is widely agreed on so gotcha. a term that i use here may mean something totally else to somebody else um and one thing i've learned like playing games uh, with with international people, honestly, is that there's a lot of variety, even within the United States, there's a ton of variety internationally. Hmm. Um, even just going from like the Midwest, because I'm Chicago based to mm -hmm. playing with people from 
California or playing with people from the New York LARP scene or the Pennsylvania LARP scene, you're going to have extremely different experiences. Hmm. Um, so, and extremely different expectations, which is even trickier to mitigate. <laughs> um, but yeah, fundamentally there are like three ish different kinds of LARPs. So you've got buffer LARPs, which is, I think what most people think of when they picture a LARP. Yeah. Um, Boffer LARP, Boffer refers to the foam weapons that they use. Those are Boffer swords. Um, <laughs> so these so when, are the, the foam fighting type of game. Yeah. So when, when there are people, they are out in the nature, they have the foam swords and they are hitting each other. Um, <laughs> and maybe there's a plot, maybe there's not, maybe there's mods, maybe there aren't, maybe there are uh, stories going on. Um, to different degrees, mm -hmm. that is a boffer LARP. Gotcha. Um, there is some debate even within the LARP world rather whether things like like Amtsguard or whatever, who are mostly just doing the fighting part and not so much doing the the role-playing part, mm -hmm. whether that still counts as LARP or not, but um, those are uh, that's sort of one variety. Similarly, mm -hmm. like the SCA uh is it a larp is it not a larp i don't know <laughs> that's a good question um <laughs> largely it's perceived as not that is a hobbyist group where people do historic reenactment mm -hmm. um but and while they may be like lord or ladies so and so they're mostly playing themselves their character gotcha. doesn't have like a like a story or a whatever you're mostly a person who likes historic costuming and goes to these events. Anyway, okay. so so that's sort of your your boffer LARPs and your LARPs that are adjacent to, or <laughs> things that are adjacent to that. Um, then you have your more uh, like parlor style LARPs, um, which are, take place in smaller settings um they are more character driven you sort of uh, often don't necessarily even have like rules per se mm -hmm. um you may have like an in-depth character sheet and character connections but really it's about sort of larping and playing pretend and having these stories between characters mm -hmm. um and then you have like more rules driven games so you have your more um like Vampire the Masquerade, Dystopia Rising, mm -hmm. um, things like that, where there are like pretty strict rules. You may have like actual like big battles and stuff, um, depending on the game. Um, and those are more sort of focused on, on rules and progressing, uh, kind of like your campaign games that are mm -hmm. like recurring. Like you uh, actually sort of level up and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little more like a like a D and D game. <laughs> okay. Um, and and these things are not mutually exclusive, right? So when I'm using these sort of broad categories, mm -hmm. you could end up doing <laughs> a variety of things. Like Dystopia Rising has an amount of buffer to it. There's also an amount of upgrading to it. There's mm -hmm. also a lot of really good personal plot. So like these things aren't yeah mutually exclusive. Uh, you'll probably end up doing a variety depending on what game you're at. Mm -hmm. And honestly, there's a lot of fascinating discussion going on, like in the, I don't know, in the in the LARP world meta about like 
setting those expectations because when you're playing, running a game that is being attended by people from all over the U.S. or even internationally, mm-hmm. how do you explain to them what they're going to be getting? Because if they're expecting uh, like a high rules, high mechanics, buffer type LARP, and you hand them something that is like very Nordic, we're going to spend a lot of this game crying, they're going to look at you like you are crazy, like you are <laughs> a, like a monster, right? Um, yeah. So how do they set those expectations? God, honestly, a lot of time, poorly. We've been oh, no. struggling <laughs> in the LARP world. Um, like, I would say some of the notable, like, LARP failures in the last two to three years have been because of poorly managed expectations. Like, people mm. thought they were getting one kind of game or some kind of play, and it was not explained well enough that that's not what the GMs were running. Um, Interesting. And that can be really, really hard because once again, it is a community game, right? Like it's not like, well, I wrote this very good video game and now everyone's going to play it and get almost the exact same experience from it. Right. Mm -hmm. If, if things are off with your social, like group dynamics, if people aren't on the same page, if they aren't going for the same thing, Mm -hmm. you can get really, uh, sort of fractured, messy games that are not, not fun except maybe type three kind of fun. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I, I mean, like the games I've played in, at least there's been um, like specific desires or character motivations that like mm-hmm. are kind of handed to you. Right. So like as the player, I'm handed a character and I've told, um, you know, you want to, <clears throat> I played a fairy that wanted to create chaos and make people fall in love and didn't really understand that love wasn't necessarily charming each other into liking the way I don't know that they exist. I, it's, it's just a weird, she was a weird character, but like I played that in a very particular way, but if somebody wasn't expecting me to come in and start creating chaos, because that's what my character wants, that wouldn't be fun for them. Everyone Mm -hmm. in the room knew that that's what I was going to (laughs) do. So like, that was fun. Like, that's kind of what I'm comparing it to is like getting into something. And if it's just not what you expected, then you're not Mm going to really enjoy it. Right. And like, just to, just to like, a lot of what I'm talking about is like very nuanced stuff, like very nuanced degrees of play, but like even, yeah, like even in your example, like I played games at Gen Con where I was like, oh, cool. This is like a, you know, this is like a historical game. We are playing, you know, set in Victorian England doing politics or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone is like a time lord and there are aliens and like <laughs> all this stuff. And that is not what I was ready to play. Like that is not what I signed up for. I did not know that that was what I was getting into. And it feels just really jarring. Like it's like not what I wanted yeah. or what I expected. Um, I can you imagine avoid those kinds of surprises because it's not fun for players. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're doing a historical take, let us know that there's going to be liberties or, you know, however ahead of time. That makes sense. Different communities around the country, around the world, right. Have different kinds of games. Um, A lot of the fun seems to be managing your expectations for those games. Mm -hmm. How is it really common for people to kind of like travel around or like go to other communities to play games? Once again, it really depends. It just depends. Um, yeah. yeah. So like I said, there are people who grew up playing Vampire the Masquerade, grew up, I mean, like started, 
their LARP experience playing that. And that is all they're going to play. There are people who, you know, like people who started playing D&D and they're like, nope, I play D&D. I play Pathfinder. That is what I play. Um, and then there are other people who like explore more. There are people who try to explore and get burned. Um, mm -hmm. Like I've known a bunch of people who had bad experiences. I'm not ragging on vampire. I like, like I said, I played it for like four <laughs> years and I enjoyed it. And I love the tabletop game actually. Um, <laughs> but like there are people who've had bad experiences with uh, vampire, like every, every person on over the age of like 40 who's into LARPing now is like, Oh yeah. When I was, when I was 20, I played a vampire, the masquerade game and it was really creepy. And there were a lot of jerks and like perverts there and I did not have fun. And some old man hit on me and now I'm never going to play ever again. Right. And like, counteracting those stereotypes mm -hmm. is a big concern because it will I mean it'll scare people off right of living yeah. for forever um like even my my sister has a story like that and then I bullied her into playing with me 20 years later and now she loves it um <laughs> but like definitely uh people sometimes stay stuck in their communities sometimes they travel around mm -hmm. um I think we're just starting within the last five or ten years to look critically at the fact that like I have played games with people from like the the older guard East Coast LARP groups mm -hmm. and what they do seems very weird to me. Like I don't I don't know what to expect. Like they they've gotten into a lot of like interesting esoteric type of games, hmm. which are very cool, but when I stumble into them, I am confused. <laughs> um and I feel like I like we need like warning and stuff. So uh the answer is yes, we are starting to explore. And I think there is a delicious like exchanging of ideas that is happening. Hmm. Um, it sort of feels like a like a LARP renaissance to me within the last, like I said, like five-ish years in that like people are starting to be like, oh, this group does this and that's actually very cool. So maybe let's also do that. Um, like adapting but, kind of what you like from other ways mm -hmm. people play to bring that back to your games right that sounds like so much fun you're making me really want to larp <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing this to me <laughs> i've been trying for years this is, this is what you mean when you say you bullied your sister you bullied me into joining a larp briefly yeah. like <laughs> but first as someone who's new to larp what can we expect from our first game can we go over that real quick <laughs> sure um so it uh, once again, it depends on what kind of game uh, you are playing. I'm just going to keep saying that Dang over that. and over again. <laughs> um, because I think too often in our own LARP communities, we're like, this is what a LARP is. But the answer is never that simple. Mm -hmm. um, but it so, depends. so what should people know then? Um, so since there is so much variety, what should new LARPers know before they go in? Sure. So find out what kind of game it is. Find out what kind of play experience you should be expecting. Um, if there are rules, try to look at them. Um, <laughs> usually LARP runners are like more than happy to kind of like talk you through them or like help you build a character if you need help. Mm -hmm. um, but it really depends on the game. Sometimes you're expected to do that yourself. So just figure out what those pre-game expectations are. Okay. Um, 
you're going to want to find out the logistics of it. Where, where is it held? Is it a one day LARP? Is it a weekend long LARP? Are you getting lodgings? Are you camping? Like what's the, <laughs> what, what is the physical place where you're playing? Right. Okay. Um, then you want to find out about costuming. I love costuming. It's one of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> I'm a, also a cosplayer, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but how, what kind of costuming do they expect? It might be nothing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you're playing a game at like Gen Con or, uh, some big convention, mm-hmm. they might not expect any costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, or they might say, you know, uh, yeah, dress kind of medieval. Okay. Or they might say, you know, oh, we are doing regency this is a regency game dress like you are a character from the 1810s or 20s um Mm -hmm. and then you should try to do that to the best of your ability um games with bigger costuming expectations that will usually tell you like they'll be pretty upfront about that okay and they're not gonna be like surprise like honestly my top advice as far as playing a, a game, playing a LARP for the first time, is just embrace it. Just go with the flow, have fun, mm-hmm. look out for yourself, know that your player, your person comes first. Like if you have to step out or get some water, if something isn't going well for you, mm-hmm. um, be proactive about that. Because my, like the best players you'll ever meet <laughs> know to take a break. Or to step back and be like, hey, out of character, I'm putting my hand on my forehead because that's <laughs> how we communicate out of character in some The game. universal sign of I'm not in character right <laughs> I'm now. I'm not in character right now. Um, <laughs> there, there's a ton of different signs, but that's the one I'm most used to. Um, and be like, hey, like that interaction like didn't like sit well with me or whatever. Like let's let's kind of recalibrate what we're doing or like let's mm-hmm. I feel like you're maybe upset like do you want to like talk about that are you feeling okay like how can we make this more fun for you and just being you know considerate of yourself and considerate of your fellow players and like kind of trusting in the process is the best way to have a good game yeah um, well yeah it seems like what you said, trusting in the process, right? Like there's no like win condition. There's not really a win state unless it's mm-hmm. you have a very specific goal in some games that is the case, but mm-hmm. there's not necessarily a, you know, I have to have the most victory points at the end of this map to be able to win the game. That process is really important. It's yeah. more about that interaction and the connections with other players. Mm-hmm. And um, I know at least in my experience, sometimes and I think this is really similar to just tabletop role playing as well, but like sometimes what my character wants does not jive with what everyone else wants. And I give that up to make the game more fun for other people. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's a part of the process too, just being sensitive to what you want versus what, what other people want. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Some, I like of my, some of my absolute best LARP moments were not, big adventure plots they weren't the moment where i you know slayed my enemy they weren't the moment where you know i kicked in the door and arrested the criminals like though those moments have been fun right Mm -hmm. they were quiet one-on-one scenes that nobody else saw (laughs) (laughs) where where you know 
it was revealed that that my character and this other character uh my character was responsible for the death of their whole family back years ago but now this character was like respected mine and wanted to be partners moving forward um because they valued they were like you know we're both the same we're made out of the same cloth right like Mm -hmm. we're we're the same kind of person and had I been you and you'd been me we would have done the same thing yeah um no one else was there for that that was just a quiet conversation (laughs) at like two in the morning in a field (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and it was so good it was so good and it changed my whole game so uh so I would just say like I encourage people to chase fun I encourage people to like don't worry that you're not doing it right if you're like having a good time and other and you're lifting up other players you're not like getting in the way of of their being able to enjoy the game Mm -hmm. by by like completely derailing it or doing something that doesn't fit the tone or things like that. Um, otherwise, as long as you're having fun, like you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're LARPing correctly. <laughs> That's so reassuring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the way you talk about LARPing, like if I didn't know if you hadn't already told me that you haven't always enjoyed LARPing or been into it, I would not know that. Because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can hear the passion. You can hear how much you care about it. Um, I'm very gay. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I'm gay for LARPing. This is my sexuality. <laughs> I am loving, I just want to say I'm loving this whole discussion. Um, I've learned a lot. I hope people are learning a lot, but I think we do need to take another quick break. Um, but when we come back, I want to hear that story about how you found your way to LARPing because um, I feel like that is going to be a great time. So peace out. We'll be back in a second. So we're back on replay and we are about to hear from Vivian Grimm about her journey with LARPing and um, what she's learned from this kind of play. How did you find your way into LARPing? So <laughs> I, like I said, I played tabletop games for, for years and years, which started with my family and then uh, got into it more in, more in high school and stuff with my, mm-hmm. my high school gaming group. Um, and then I think my very first LARP ever was at Gen Con when I was like 16 I was there. I was at Gen Con with my mom. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to sidebar. We haven't actually said what Gen Con is, but it is a gaming convention that is huge in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they do all kinds of gaming, not just LARPing. Um, there's tabletop. There's there's actually video games that happen there now, too. All kinds of stuff. So that's my sidebar explanation for anyone that is not a Midwest person <laughs> that may but, not know. <laughs> but anyway, continue. So no, you're at, you're at Gen Con. <laughs> I'm at a big gaming convention. Is that better? Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, I've like heard of LARPing. I like acting. I like cosplaying. Mm-hmm. I like theater. And I like D&D. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that I would enjoy LARPing, right? So I went in by myself because I... Fear no neither fear. God nor man. <laughs> <laughs> and so like little 16-year-old Vivian like trucked into this LARP. Um and it was like a it was like a not a it wasn't a vampire game, but there was like they were in a city and there was all kinds of like politics going on. Hmm. It was only 
you know, like a four hour game or whatever. And I got handed a character sheet when I walked in. Wow. And like, here's your character. And I was like, okay. Um, and, you know, I, I had fun. Like, it was, it was daunting. And I was stressed out. And I didn't know anyone there. Um, and there was a, an amount of, like, gently being like, ah, thank you for hitting on me when I am 16. Um, oh, no. <laughs> that happened, which isn't anyone's fault. I have never looked... I never looked like a teenager. I don't think they were being deliberately creepy. I just, <laughs> it was a thing that happened, right? Um, I was playing a grown woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but otherwise, like, the game was fun. Like, it was kind of overwhelming, but it was a good time. And then at Gen Con, I would play, like, one or two LARPs in the midst of my tabletop weekend <laughs> mm-hmm. um, over, over the next couple of years. And then I went to college um with some LARP experience and I ended up being very very involved in my college gaming group Mm -hmm. um the meta gamers right (laughs) because uh I was I needed friends because I was a freshman in college (laughs) and I was a nerd um so I was part of that I was also part of like the queer pride community so I got my like party on with the gays and then I got my nerd on (laughs) with the nerds later those two groups mixed and it was great um (laughs) that's when I came in (laughs) hey uh but yeah so then I was friends with this group of people and they were like you should come play our vampire LARP because a lot of them played this vampire the masquerade game that had been going on for years and years and years at this point Mm -hmm. um and I was like uh I don't know that seems like a lot of work there are so many rules you have to like do downtime actions and stuff, which are like a whole, a whole other beast. Uh, downtimes or in-betweens are like events or actions that happen between games. So like okay. you may LARP once a month or once every three months or whatever. Um, but then in the downtime, you're still talking to other characters or doing actions with the GMs or mm-hmm like really involved yeah so like vampire has a complicated like set of like influences that you spend because you're like you know you're like pulling the strings of the shadow world (laughs) you're a a sexy spooky vampire i love vampire but it is a little silly sometimes um and so like you you you'll do things like oh i like you know submit this article to the magazine or i like uh, seduce my way into ownership of this club or whatever thing yeah. that you're working on. Um, so I was like, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know that I want to be doing that. Y'all talk about this constantly. I, I don't want to. So it took me, <laughs> so it took me a whole year. I, I resisted my whole like freshman year and most of my sophomore year of college. And then eventually I couldn't escape them anymore. And I was like, <laughs> fine, I will play your stupid vampire game. <laughs> and, and I did. And then I played that game for like three or four years, um, constantly being like, I don't know that I really like this, but I guess I'll keep playing because all my friends do. <laughs> um, well, when you're a social gamer, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> I liked having, I liked the community enough that yeah. I was like willing to like piece it out. And like, for people who are listening who are more uh, into the LARP scene, Vampire has a pretty bad rap. That's, like, why I keep, like, laughing about it. Um, 
but like genuinely the game I played in college was very safe they were very mm-hmm. like feminist they were very equal there wasn't a ton of like hurt feelings from the game mm-hmm. move like mitigate into the community I laugh a lot though that like it was vampires with or sorry it was superheroes with fangs like we weren't <laughs> really like playing like vampire the way it was maybe intended to be played um so we we dodged a lot of the toxicity that you get in some other vampire games though some of them are very good it just it really uh is is tetrico so um, yeah then i played that and then in 2016 so that was a few years after i graduated college um i went to new world magical and that was like my first big like weekend long game and you've just never looked back? And I never looked back. <laughs> I live here now. And now, you know, since then, I've, uh, so I played New World Magic School in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I had a really good time. I had a really stressful time. New World Magic School is a mixed bag. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, I went back for a couple subsequent years and I NPC'd for them. So I played a non-player oh, cool. character, which means uh, if the players need, like, they're like, hey, I, I, uh, I messed up at school and I want my mom to come, like, yell at me for breaking off my engagement, you'd be like, all right, I will, I will be your mom or dad, and I will come yell at you and tell you that you're <laughs> disgracing your family. Does that sound fun for you? Like, okay, sure. Um, or, or, like, play a, a forest spirit who is there to bless this ritual that people are doing and give you a prophecy, like, uh, or you sold your heart to the Fae and now I am the Fae negotiator here to collect it and rip it out still beating from your body. Like, there's a whole <laughs> lot of uh, variety uh, to that role. So I did that for a while and then uh, helped write some, like, LARP characters for other games, like In the Shadows and... Um, mm-hmm a few other a few other groups uh and then sort of started getting into being like well maybe i can do this i'd written my first larp i think when we were in college still oh really um yeah the firefly larp which you did not play but i did not uh we we played that and i i sort of ran chimera net um was like a a game for like it was a tabletop game for like 50 people um (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy don't don't ask Anyway, it was, I thought I was running a tabletop game. I was running a LARP. Um, Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. Um, Yeah, so then I, then I like sort of got into writing and running LARPs. uh, And I've been helping out with New World Magiscola for the last few years. Um, I went and I played uh, Velvet Noir and Event Horizon, which are other kind of big weekend games. and started running games at Gen Con, um, and then got involved in BCon in 2017 or something, <laughs> which is a brand new LARP convention running in Chicago, which is oh. incredibly exciting because I am determined to single-handedly make Chicago a major LARP hub and no one can stop me. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So BCon is that it's run two years now and then the pandemic happened mm-hmm. uh but it's super super fun um 
I got asked to be on a board for Intercon, which is a big East Coast LARP convention that has been going for years, which is very, very cool. It's a great place to start um, if you want to try it out. Um, and now I'm here. And now this is this is what I do. I'm this writing. Is what you do. <laughs> I'm writing several games. I had plans to write and run um, a big Regency LARP, hmm. uh, Lies and Liability, that was supposed to debut at Gen Con in 2020, but then Gen Con 2020 did not Didn't happen. happen. Uh, <laughs> so I have this like mostly written game, um, and then. I don't know. I've done, I've done a lot in the last, uh, the last Last few years. It seems like, what would you say, um, that you've learned from your experience with LARPing and like your journey, even getting into it and moving into the, the more organizing side, what would you say that you've learned from LARPing that can then be applied back into the other kinds of games that we play? Sure. I mean, so, uh, we mentioned this kind of at the beginning, but like fundamentally, it is, it is a hobby about empathizing. It is a hobby about uh, paying attention to people and examining how they do what they do and why and putting yourself into extenuating circumstances that you would never be in in real life, right? Yeah. And examining the background of your character and sort of what forms a person and what makes them make the decisions that they make. Um, so I think in my real life, that has helped me a lot with when I meet people who are maybe difficult or maybe don't show my share my views or maybe are coming at something from a really different angle or reacting to something in a way that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, LARPing has really helped me put myself in their shoes and sort of oh. uh empathize with like where where are they coming from why are they feeling the way that they're feeling what led them to this point and how do i uh you know bring them back in and like get us to the point where we need to be going um Mm -hmm. which is so much right of like (laughs) existing in a corporate world and doing customer service and uh things like that like it's it's so so helpful yeah Um, well, and even not even in your work life, right? That's got to be hugely impactful in your personal life with your personal relationships with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You learn you learn a lot about that. You also learn a lot about um, like boundaries and consent mm-hmm. um, in a way that like, you know, like if you're part of the kink community, you have to like be aware of, but that doesn't necessarily direct to like your whole life in like other ways. But like, mm-hmm. once you start, I think about it like like floodgates. Like once you start thinking about like, well, what, what do I want? What am I okay with in this situation? Mm-hmm. What am I not okay with in this situation? Um, how do I work? How do I think about my partner and what they want and what they need in this moment? Uh, in like a LARP scene setting, you can do that more clearly in like, your actual life right yeah like so you become for me anyway it like has become a lot easier to be like hey i love you i want to continue having this relationship but like the way you were talking to me just then was really upsetting and i need to take space from 
this moment, right? Like I need to be more proactive for myself because you have to be thinking about, you know, sort of how does that make me feel? How am I going to communicate my boundaries? And you also learn to notice when other people are really bad at respecting boundaries. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like that makes you a more aware person where you're like, I cannot, you know, interact with this person because I know that they don't respect or like want to engage with me at the level that I want to be. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of, um, like reflection, but not just reflection after the fact, like in the moment, like just being aware of what's mm-hmm. going on and what's around you and like just getting practice with that mm-hmm. seems like so freaking useful. Right. And like <laughs> it's not, it's not full foolproof, right? Right, like, right. I'm not, I'm not suggesting it instead of therapy, like don't use LARP <laughs> as therapy. There are people who do, there are therapeutic LARPs. These are things, but like, uh, and you can, and you can use a LARP character, right? To explore something that you're struggling with right Mm -hmm. like uh your your gender identity or your um you know or like feeling feeling shy or rejected or things Mm -hmm. like that you can kind of or othered you can kind of dig your heels into it with a larp character and explore it in a way that you personally like maybe haven't had the chance to explore like you can yeah dig in deeper to like your own things that you're thinking about um but just sort of like being aware that you're doing that and being careful about it and being considerate and being like I need to take space or like I'm experiencing bleed which is this whole own terminology um I can talk about that in a second um is is really uh valid and it's helpful and it lays down good groundwork for being vocal about it in the future (laughs) That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I'm just going to wrap up by saying I really learned a lot. I really hope that anyone listening to this learned a lot and that there's things here that we can take away, not just to how we play other games. And like, um, I'm imagining some people are probably going to get into LARP because of the freaking way you talk about it. Other people <laughs> might be like, that's really neat, but that's just not for me. And that's all fine. I still feel like this was really useful. And like, it really changes the way I think about how I'm, you know, approaching my Sunday night D&D game, for instance, and things mm-hmm. like that. So most um, LARPing is just a bunch of nerds standing in a room playing pretend. Like, <laughs> you're fine. You can do it. I promise. <laughs> yes. This is the encouragement I need. Um, So with that, um, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all of this with us. And um, I'm going to ask you back again. I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. You can find episodes of Replay and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Replay is a VMG original and is created, hosted, and produced by Clara Mount. The show is executive produced by J.B. Adams and Gerard Mitchell, with sound design by Aaron Trinka and original music by Bison. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite media channels and check out Bison's other tunes on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. Extra special thanks to all my listeners for hanging out with us today. Keep on playing, and remember, you're always welcome at this game table.